welcome to 12 questions hi hi i don't know when you're like jump in you're like like, wait is then yay part two oh my gosh i've never been in a part two of a podcast i think every every episode of this podcast should be a part two i mean a long fucking podcast there's so much to dive into yeah oh i like that uh i loved our live episode that was so much fun it was crazy getting to be talk about all that stuff in front of i mean crowd i crowd and a handful of people i know who i'm like oh they have not they don't, I don't think they know that these things. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, uh, we're talking to Jessica Michelle Singleton doing that part two. I'm back, bitches. That was the very first time I've ever done that live. How was that? I've never done a live podcast. It was great. Yeah. It were was, you nervous? I was, or? It came out great. I'm so happy. Yeah. I got a lot of good feedback on the episode. People really Yay. love you. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm happy. It's all about being good and vulnerable and all of that. And yeah. you're so like, you're so good at I'm just a gaping wound. Me too. I'm yeah. just like, hey, what's up? How's it going? A pussy hole, ready to be just never mind. Ready to know. be dived into. Ready yes. to be I'm here for your entertainment, if that's re- a thing. Ready to be uh irrigated and ready yeah. to be Yeah. Wound in- irrigation. Wound irrigation. Yeah. Are those you ever get into watching those videos? It's like no. crazy. You know, Nicole Amy Schreiber loves that kind of stuff. I bet she and like does. like pimple popping videos and like all of the she's, medical. She strikes me as the kind of girl if I was like, hey, I have a pimple on my back. She would be like. She'd be like, let me get in there. She would come over. Yeah. With a kit. She likes, yeah, she'll, <laughs> she's given me full like facial. Uh, wow. What are those things called where she, extractions. Oh. She, she puts on like a lens. Really? She's like, she looks like a, a weird anthropologist for your face just like oh my gosh things that i'm like i didn't even think i had stuff in my face to extract in an alternate universe she's an esthetician oh absolutely that's beautiful so i have to have her on here one oh you've got times. to she's amazing i the she'll love the 12 question stuff yeah she's been yeah we've spoken about this type of thing i don't think you can be a comedian and not speak about this type and of not thing. at least have the conversation come up about like at least 12 step programs because you're going to know somebody in them. Yes. Not that we do. I know. It's you anonymous. Here yet. Hi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you ever watch this, hi. Um, but the, uh, the, we're just recovering because you're constantly, you know, I think mining who you are as part of what we do. Yeah. And with that, I think if you're not growing and changing and getting a little better, you'd have to be a full blown psychopath. I don't, and we know them. And then they do exist. They're yes. here. Oh, and they are sometimes thriving. <laughs> sometimes thriving. They're thriving. They can't feel it, but they're thriving. Yeah. And they're doing good. And I'm always like, good on you. Good on you. Like, I sometimes envy that. Have fun with your shark eyes. And yeah, it's like, like, you'll never connect to anyone, but you'll be fine. So, yeah. The rest of us will just have to climb over our mountain of emotions and <laughs> other issues yeah. to, to get to you. But, you know, and we were talking about before the pod started, we were kind of talking about like booking and bookers and stuff and like yeah. marketing yourself. Yes. And like, it was funny cause you were like blowing my mind with certain things to do. I was like, Oh, this is like, this is like going to school right now. Yeah. No, I've, I've thought about doing either a workshop or putting together. I don't want to be the person who does like a comedy class. I just haven't had the time. Charge so. everybody $10 and bring them all into your living room. Yeah, that's what I've thought about doing. You would literally pack it out. It'd be women everywhere. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, and maybe... Yeah. And putting together a little, like, how-to little booklet of... But even then, you were like, I don't know. I'm not sure how to negotiate. I'd be... You're... Yeah, you're well, so I'm afraid. Me, I'm like, I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm slowly losing being afraid of well, certain I'm, things. Well, I'm starting to lose it, but, like, that's the one reason I want a booking agent 
but I've got a bunch of people yeah. going, I've got my eye on you. And I'm thinking about being like, can I just find a friend that I can train how to do this? And then it's a third person. Yo, I've been thinking about that. Like if a bunch of comics all went in on like, just like basically an assistant, but a booking agent. And, yeah. And that person managed like five different. And, just, and we just bookings. pay them like an hourly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, because I've even thought about, I keep racking my brain for, do I have a friend who hasn't really figured out what they want to do? And maybe they have the time because I mean, I swear to God, I want to just give the industry the finger, all the people that are like, well, you know, we just don't really know what to do with you. And it's like, okay, well, every, like, I go to rooms and crowds come out, so I just need you to get me in the rooms that you already have a relationship with and give me the money I deserve because I know I'm making less than I should be. We What that question is, is we just don't, we don't know if... And I think it comes down to gender. I don't always like to be the person who's like, yeah. ah, like I'm not, I'm not that victim mentality yeah, type person. Me neither. But I think that there is a little bit of like, but what they don't realize is women are the ones who pick the entertainment for the weekend. Yeah, Otherwise, and it's like women, wh- I women draw. Yeah, I would say, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a man. I've never had the experience, but the amount of people who come out just because, like, yes. well, we saw a woman. They don't have a lot of women. We wanted to come yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it, there's, I mean, if, if it wasn't for me living in this apartment, there wasn't even a window open before I got here. You know what I mean? Like men left to their own devices will just like not to be, be like, men and women are different. No, but, but like they're just like <laughs> simple creatures. <laughs> they just want sweatpants and to be left alone. Yeah. It's like, I guess I'm just hot. <laughs> you have no idea. You open a window and they're like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I can breathe. There's a breeze in here? Who this knew? Is, huh? This is incredible. I don't know. But um, I love but I love that you were just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm like good at negotiating. I think you're great at negotiating. Yeah, I think I just get it's I don't I think it's less a lack of skills and more of I need to work on my self-worth. Like not mm. having to apologize. Like it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I can ask for a normal base rate with like for headlining weekends. And even then I have to be like how about this much? You know, like, yeah. And I know that I'm underselling myself because every time, and it's a, it's like, I'll go with like the standard base rate of what I've been told is the minimum for a weekend. You should at least be getting this much. And the like club owners I've worked with, they don't come back to a negotiate at all. So I'm like, Oh, I could have gone higher. And even at a club I worked, um, after the weekend was over, the manager was like, he was, he's not the booker. He was just the person who manages it. He's like, just so you know, like your numbers are really good. I would ask for more money next time you come. Really? <laughs> and he's like, I shouldn't tell you that, but like you should be getting paid more. He's Good. like, there's nothing I can do, but you should definitely ask for more money. Did you ask him how much? No, I'm stupid. I, cause I was like, oh, okay. Like I, I bet you can email him and be like, probably had that conversation. I'm trying to set my prices. Can you help me out? Yeah. And I yeah. know there's a couple owners who, um, a, a couple of club bookers or people who have sort of helped me with that. Um, Sam, at hilarities was really like insightful nice. because I did a weekend there and he gave me a bonus which wasn't in our deal but he's like your numbers were so good I'm gonna give you a bonus and he sort of like walked me through nice. a little bit of like here's the thing you could ask for and I'm like because I was like are should you be doing is that weird that you're doing that and he's like no but he's like but you should ask for it because not everyone's gonna just offer that up but he's like your numbers were really good we didn't know how it was oh. gonna go but he's like so yeah here's money thank you for doing well but so it's you know, learning the ins and outs and, and um, getting to know some of the bigger comics in the store has, has been a little helpful, too, because some of them I've yeah. gotten comfortable enough to go like, hey, what do you think of this? Or, or like Ari's been really helpful. I've, yeah. I've, you know, known him 
since pretty early on and he was someone who I like could always ask questions yeah he's, he's very helpful and mentorship like, is very important yeah, yeah 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 and I hope to be able to do that for other people with the knowledge yeah. I have you know so you're doing great <sighs> we're doing it we're, we're out here it. we're surviving we're out in these streets doing it so here is here well let's dive into these questions we were on the eighth question before perfect so we're talking about we're getting into the real because we had talked about like it was very fun because you were like, I just want to talk about my shortcomings. That was the, like your one thing you were like, I just want to get to that seventh question. Let's get to these shortcomings. I was just like, well, I mean, <laughs> I think everybody does at first. It's like, it's like a purge or this something. is what's wrong with me. And it's yeah. like, yeah, what's, I think it's what's wrong with one person is what's wrong with every person. Yeah. It's so that's comedy has yeah. really helped me too, is when yeah. we start to talk about deeper stuff, realizing that's like, oh so many of us go through this similar thing and that's yeah. why things are funny sometimes yeah 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 because yeah. people are like yeah no i do that i i, I have done that i exactly <laughs> i've been a monster or whatever exactly yeah or just cry in my car or whatever i've cried in my car a lot <gasps> i think that's what cars are for i think yeah <laughs> at least in los angeles exactly if anything if there's at least one npr story a year where i'm like Yes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Just like quietly where you're trying to keep your eyes open crying. Like, you're like <gasps> Big day ahead. Yeah. yeah. Now I gotta go tell Joe. Yeah, like, that was so horrible. That was so but you're doing great. And I'm Thank just you. so grateful to have you here. I'm so grateful to be here. Uh, Thank you. Okay. How was your experience of forgiveness? It's a heavy one to start with. That is. So I was wow, kind of like so gassing a little bit. I was like, let's just let's just slide into this one. You know what? I think uh, my experience with forgiveness is a lot like um, my experience with a lot of things. I realized is it's got that sort of breathing impermanence mm. where I think I am very good at initial forgiveness. I'm very good at going at letting things go like it's it's not my problem if somebody like I can't hold on to if somebody hurts me and going like yeah. you know I don't know what they're going through why they're acting the way they're acting and why that translated into something hurtful or etc someone breaking my heart or whatever yeah I'm very good at going things don't last that's okay let it go and still feeling the emotions but then I think it takes a while I guess you have to go through stages of grief depending depending on what your what you're forgiving for. Cause yeah. I'll go through things where I'm almost surprised at how quickly I'm able to go, you know what? That's life and that's okay. And I'm going to let it go. And then yeah. three months later, all of a sudden I'm like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, why did they do that to me? And then like, just have a few moments of just anger about I it or like a random surge of sadness. The other day I got, I don't know how it came up. I was, you know, it was maybe it was uh, so um, it was not too long after Brody Memorial, Brody's Memorial Service. Yeah. In fact, I think it was the night of. So it was all these other emotions, I'm sure. Yeah. Which sometimes when you're overwhelmed with emotions, I think you just start misplacing them. Hundreds yeah. Of things. Oh, yeah. But I was out with two other comics and somehow I was retelling a story from an old relationship about <laughs> how the guy I was dating had gotten a birthday cake for some other girl. And it was like a $50 birthday cake. <gasps> which at the time I was like, okay, no, not for nothing, but you got me like $7 cupcakes. He was like clearly into this girl, but we were together. And also I was much less 
uh, aware of my emotional dysregulation, but that is something to be upset about, I think. Yeah, yeah. But this was 2013, and I'm telling this story in 2019, and I'm at this diner, and I was like, that son of a bitch, why did he do that? And then I was like, I'm getting angry about someone I broke up with. Over half a decade ago. Over cake. I didn't break up with him over the cake. I broke up with him. If I'm being realistic, it was like this. It wasn't a good fit. So it. it, Yeah. But the actual breakup happened because, um, and this is the thing I've realized, is that um, I, um, when it gets actually vulnerable, when the other person, I think, opens up, I think I have a thing. There's been two. There have been a lot of relationships that ended because they were supposed to end and it wasn't a good relationship. But there have been two people where I had this overwhelming urge to like, it, it, I, I, it, something gets triggered in me because, I, and I think it's from my abandonment issues where I have this like voice of like, you have to, I have to get out of this. Like it's, it's like a trigger of this person in my mind. I think that they don't like me and it's, yeah. And I'm like, they don't want me around. And for years I thought, I genuinely thought I was sensing something. Like I was like, now is a sixth sense. Like they really weren't that into me. And the more I learned about like my triggers and my emotions mm-hmm. and all my issues, I was like, I would, I think I was sensing something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I was being triggered by like something reminded me of, I think the, the intimacy uh, was triggering because I've been abandoned. And I just was like, I have to go. And I go into like a mania spiral and I'm like, I, I break up with people and I run. Yeah. And so the point is I had broken up with him and I'm sure it wasn't, you know, the most, I mean, hopefully he's forgiven me. I think he has, but, um, cause I was just like, I have to go. I can't do this anymore. But then I was getting mad seven years later about a cake incident that had happened somewhere within the relationship that I'd completely forgotten about. And I was just like viscerally angry. And I was like, wait, what, what's happening? And then mad at myself for being mad. You know, uh-huh. that where you're shaming yourself for the emotion you're having yeah. and you're like, that's just piling on. Yeah. So trying to learn to do less of that has been a challenge. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, what is the proper way to forgive? Because it's one of those things where it's like, I can forgive, but then the let the fully letting go. Because mm-hmm. sometimes even when you think you've let go of something, you're like, oh, I guess you're still there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, my experience of forgiveness is it's a process and it starts with it starts with addressing the reality of the situation. Okay. So like really looking at the reality of the situation. Okay. Facing it. And then it was forgiving that person's actions, like empathizing, understanding what they were going through, but also forgiving who I was in that moment. Yeah. Because the part that haunts me usually in those situations is how I was in that moment. Yeah, real uh, realizing mm-hmm. your part in it too. Yeah. When you go like, oh God. My part is I, you know, I tend to, and when people say like, oh, I'm a people pleaser, I've said this on this podcast. If this were a drinking podcast, you'd be drunk by now. I if I I'm here for that. I I coffee. Um, right. It's a it's a coffee podcast. <laughs> it's a coffee and date podcast. Um <laughs> it's a uh if forgiveness for me is like like it's what was I gonna say I can't remember it's it is about forgiving oneself but like I forgot what I was gonna say it's so early forgive and forget Jesus Christ it is early what you were talking about the the part of forgiving who you were who you are yeah 
So manipulation. Okay, so. Oh, and realizing. People pleasing is just manipulation. That's all it is. People pleasing is manipulation and dishonesty because you're not being honest about your Yeah, and it's like maybe you're not trying to be a bad person, but you're like not being who you are for the sake of trying to make someone else happy is a form of manipulation. Yes, yes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it truly is. And it's 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 unconscious at first. Like yeah. especially if you come from a chaotic household, you have abandonment stuff. Um in my You just want to keep everything. Yeah, in my case I'm calm. somehow like the one not borderline woman in my family. Like everybody's mm. like real extra. Yeah, I think you and I run similar yeah. in that. And I've had moments where I have to go like uh-oh, is it gonna is it is this happening to me? I I marched into my therapist's office and I was like, "You need to tell me if I'm bored because she had me read this book and I was like, "You need to tell me if I'm bored." I hate you don't leave me. No. <laughs> okay. No. Although that's a great book. Um yeah. it's called um it's called Stop Walking on Stop Eggshells. Walking on Eggshells. It's at the top of I've already said yeah. this on the last podcast. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. I started to re-listen to it cuz my grandmother's like wanting to come back into my life and I have to be like <sighs> That's hard. I have to be like real structured with it. Yeah, so. well because with some like borderline personality disorder, it's like how do you even set a boundary? Can I have you in my life? Yes. And then there's that empathy or that feeling of going well it it's a mental illness it's so much harder to be empathetic to the mental illnesses that are directly just chipping away at you where it's like trying to go oh no my mom is actually doing the best she can with what she has unfortunately what she has is borderline personality disorder that's a rough system to navigate it is a really rough system to navigate and i mean no tea like if you have it you know no it's it's, and i mean and you know it's it's hard i mean I have minor, I think, emotional dysregulation, too, just yeah. by getting triggered. And then, I, I mean, I can't imagine the level that... It's made me more empathetic. Yeah. Because I'm like, no, I get... One of the best up, things uh, Stu, my boyfriend's uh, therapist gave to him is he'll just ask me. He'll be like, are you feeling abandonment around that? He'll just ask me if he can see me getting, like, really emotionally dysregulated. Because that that's is- usually what's happening. That's amazing because mm-hmm. there's so much, so many things that I wonder. There's things that I I like, f- food stuff. I'm yeah. very weird about. Like my roommate the other day, and this was not a unique situation. I'm sorry. Am I bogarting this? Or no. do you want to finish your thought on forgiveness? No. This is no. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is what the podcast is. No, but <clears throat> my roommate the other day said something about. So we had a little housewarming thing, and um, so you know we bought. We had healthy food, but I, I got some like junk food too. I was like, oh, you know, I want everyone to yeah. have whatever. And so we had leftover soda and I was pouring. I'm supposed to eat very healthy. I love food. Food is definitely like my vice. Yeah. You know, like where some people maybe reach for alcohol. I definitely am like, give me a cupcake, whatever. Exactly. Let me shove these feelings down with some sugar. Exactly. You know, some fried food, whatever. So we still had like residual leftover yesterday. I started pouring like a glass of Diet Dr. Pepper and my roommate who is one who he is my best friend. He's like, Jess, don't drink that. You're not going to feel good. It's going to hurt your body. You don't need it. And he's trying to be helpful. And I like just like get this, like, like I get revved up. Like sadness. Like I can't have someone talk to me about my food. And I will talk like incessantly about, food <laughs> and how like I need to be doing this and I need to cut out dairy and like I won't right. shut the fuck up but the minute like someone mentions my eating habits to my face it sends this like mm-hmm. crazy reaction like I don't yell or anything but I like shut down and I'm like okay I don't want to talk about it anymore and he's like 
are you are you mad at me? And I was like, I don't want to talk about it, but it's because I was like about to cry. It's just very weird. And that's just like an example of something. I have other other things that are non food yeah. related that all of a sudden it's like <laughs> I can't and I don't still don't know what that is with the food. I literally after we had that conversation was Googling like OA meetings. I was like, I gotta I need you gotta to check get, it out. I need to get in a program where like it's not weird where I don't feel like it's weird or annoying for me to bring up like I don't know what's going on with the because to other it feels very corny to be like I don't know I wanted a cupcake and yeah <laughs> but it's I mean it's totally a thing and other people have it but I don't know what the point of that was just like yeah no it's emotional just going back to the yeah. emotional dysregulation yeah. it's interesting having mm-hmm. a partner who knows to go hey mm-hmm. is this happening or having a phrase they can use that isn't additionally triggering yes because it's it's sometimes very hard when you get that amount of well it's whatever it is just the welling of the feelings he'll hit me with it and i'll be like like i look at him like and you're like don't, don't am attack. i gonna fight you right now yeah and then i and then and you're I, like why are you why do you know that and then i'll say no usually <laughs> i'll just be like no or yes, or whatever. But that was, but it was something we had to actively work on is knowing what each other's triggers are. Cause he has plenty of triggers too. Yeah. I can see, I'll be like, you triggered right now? And he'll be like, no. Why well, people I, get triggered when you say triggered? And then, and then an hour later, he'll just be like, yeah, I, I, I kind of was. You yeah. know what I mean? So, and yep. it's perspective rejection that gets him, not like, com- like, not in the moment, it's perspective. So, yeah. It's, or like, you know, what could be happening so it's on the way to the club or on the way to where it's like yeah. what if yeah yeah oh rejection's mm-hmm. a big one too the fear of it mm-hmm. i think has greatly inhibited where i'm at in my career and i don't and i think i'm doing well but i think that there's things yeah, doing, right? there's things i don't go for yeah me and too. i honestly sometimes don't know because there's things there are things i am 99 sure i just don't give a fuck about but then i'm like is this actually a deep-seated thing where it's like you're not worthy of that anyway, so you're just going to tell yourself you don't want it. I think you got to go with your gut on that one because there yeah. was definitely, there was like an opportunity I had a couple years ago and I kind of misread the signs. It was like, hey, do this thing, kind of like send it to me personally. Yeah. And a lot of the people who did that ended up in a writer's room and God bless them. They yeah. Did. But every cell in my body was like, don't do that. And I don't know why. And I talk about it with my therapist. It comes up like, uh, once a month where I'm like, I still don't know why I did that. And she'll be like, you just have to trust your gut. It was not no. right for you at the time. And you have to be able to be okay to be like, no, that's the opportunity those people had. But I was dealing with other things at the time. Yeah. And, and I was super sick at the time and like still getting over. I would have been a mess. I would have showed up in that writer's room, sat at the desk, strapped on an adult diaper and cried the whole time. God. Just been like, <laughs> like no one no. needs that. Oh, and it's no like, I'm trying to get better at trusting my instincts with even, because I've gotten a lot better, but there's still things I'll submit to that in my, like, I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. I don't want this. I, the whole time I'm doing it, I hate it. I love packets. But it's like, Is that some, there are some packets I love. And then some things that I'm like, I fucking don't want it. But then yeah. I'll still do some of those because my manager has been very clear. She's like, if you don't like it, if you don't feel good doing it, that's what the job's going to be. So don't do it. But I have this like. I don't want you to think that I'm not yeah. like willing to. Yeah. It's another, yeah. I'm sure, manifestation of abandonment fears or yeah. something. So I'll be doing some like super political show and like, oh, fuck, don't even like reading about politics because it pisses me off. Like, I'm the same way. I'm like, I ain't got that. I don't want to feed. I don't want to feed what's happening right now with my attention. Yeah, no, it's I don't like, want to give it my attention. I already mm. am so, 
it's just so hard to be a functioning human in the world sometimes. Yeah. It's like, do I want to make the effort to try to put myself in an environment where I know I'm going to feel worse? But yeah. then there's other packets where I'm like, this is great. And even sometimes, yeah. I said political, but sometimes there's political packets where it's just, Fun. actually, this person's voice is fun to write for. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just easy and I, I kind of know how to do that type of thing. But yeah, I'm still not good at going like, actually, the way I should not, I should say no to this. There was a packet last week I did where I was like, the whole time, I fucking don't want to do it. It's like complaining. I'm like, why am I doing this fucking yeah. packet? I hate it. And I got through it, and I think the packet was fine, but it's like, what's the best case scenario? You get hired to do more of that? It's like, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, which is, that's good money to be pissed off. But I'm like, where's the, is that my goal? I don't want, my goal isn't to be a staff writer, like, yeah. long term. Yeah. Like, yeah, your goal is to be, what, the greatest stand-up of all time? I mean, Somewhere yeah, something like that. Somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I would like to be, um, I mean, it's very corny to be like, I'm going to be just the best version of myself. It would be cool to get to a point where maybe there's someone who... I'd like to be someone's favorite. You, you know? are someone's favorite. I would like favorite. to be in the conversation of who are good comedians when in a, the general public, you know, like, when but I, what's weird is that like, I don't care about fame, but I would like for people who love comedy. Yeah. I'd like to be in that realm of people that go, you know who I really like this. I don't know. You already are. The first time I met you, we were at, um, we were, God, we were at that Big Wings open mic. I think they were just like, come by, you can do whatever time. Remember how bad that was? Oh, that was hell. That was, uh, Alex is not here right now. Usually Alex co-hosts with me when <laughs> I'm in town. And like, bless his heart, that was not. It was a very bad. And it, it was. That was, I think, one of the tipping points of me going, I, and I still am bad at this. But I'm like, I've got to learn to say no. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I wasn't, there was nothing specific I was trying to work out. I was like, I didn't need to do. And and it's like taking stage time from people who are like, that's some of the only stage time some other people get. Right. But but because I was asked, I was like, I don't want to be, yeah, I'll come do your thing. Thanks your for thing. thinking of me. Yeah. Which is also good. You don't want to yeah. like turn away blessings, but at the same yeah. time, it's like. I was getting, the, I was like, I don't have to say, I, getting to the point where I didn't have to say yes to everything that was, and still is a hard transition for me. It is for me as well. Yeah. And I had to, you know, what's so funny is I have no, I don't know what happened to my immune system in the last year, but if I get one more fucking cold, I'm going to lose my mind. And the there worst. was like, uh, there was like last month I had a terrible, terrible cold and then I got over it. And then five days, like I went on the road, I came back and then I had a terrible, terrible cold again. No. And so like we were going to go to that taping uh, that they did downtown. And oh, yeah. I was like, hey, Stuart, my face is hot. And he was like, get the thermometer. I had a 101 degree fever. I had to Jesus. like lay down. But I've learned, I've had, I've through being sick, I've had to learn to say like, that's because no. there are some people that are just like, no, you do the gig. And it's like, oh, I explained it. And then one booker actually got mad at me. And I was like, look, I've replaced myself with two very funny women. Like. You're going to be fine. Yeah. I have. I was like, do you want me to show up to your show and get you and everybody else on it sick? And yeah. And possibly your audience? Because I'm very sick. What's crazy is the people who get real personal about it for unpaid spots. Oh, yeah. No, it was not paid. That it's like. And it was far. Go. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Was, there was like, I had to set a, <laughs> I, I had to set a boundary of, and I mean, everyone has their own, but I was like, if I have to drive more than 30 minutes and I'm not getting paid, I'm not doing it. You know what? That's a good. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm getting no, there. But, and, then, and that was just a place. And just like knowing where that place is for yourself yeah, is but important. There's yeah. still some people who I won't say. I won't. I haven't worked up the like courage to be like, 
I will never come to your show. <laughs> you know, like, Back! which is like, you would never, I would never say it like that, but I just keep, oh, I'm not available this time. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to be like, listen, listen, I'm not going to drive to one of the lower beaches the for lower a bar beaches. show that doesn't pay. <laughs> the lower beaches. Where it's like, you know, far away. Yes. Not like, that the sounds so dismissive. Beaches. No, it's so funny because it's so like traffic far. Yeah, one, it's also yeah. like, there are some shows where I'm like, there's no way you're still doing the show and you're not making any money from this bar. I don't believe you. And you don't pay your comics. And that's yeah. it. Because like, if anyone's been running a show for over a year, maybe two years at a bar, and that show is not like maybe, if it's not objectively a killer mm -hmm. crowd every time, because that I could see. They're, they've got to be. A weekly show, you're getting paid a little bit. And that pisses me off. Like, and yeah. of course, someone who puts a show together deserves some sort of money. But I just get like, mm, I don't know. The show that uh, Tom and I and Nat just started, we I pay the comics out of pocket right now. Yeah, no, everybody deserves to get paid to do their set. That's what I tried to do, and yeah. it's and I get it. You yeah. know, there are shows where no one's making any money. It's yeah, like, we we're very thankful that yet. we've been getting this space to do it, and that's great. I just had to. I was like, there are shows I get paid to do some sets in town. Mm -hmm. I need to, and the, the being sick thing was a big thing for me too. Cause yeah. I was like, it's hard for me to stop. Like yeah. I get very workaholic -y and I'll me try too. to like power mm -hmm. through pain and illness mm -hmm. and having to go like, no, you got to prioritize your health. Like, yeah. If it's between going, you know, driving 45 minutes, both ways to do seven minutes. Yeah. Like, and you're not working on a very specific seven minute set. Yeah. And you know, it's not paid. You can take a night off. I'm not good at taking breaks. So yeah, I've had right. to be like, mm -hmm. you know, there's nights I won't call in for at the store. Yeah. Like I go like, I pick one night a week and I'm like, I will not call in for spots just out of, you're going to rest. You stay home and I won't rest. I'll work at home. <laughs> but at least I'm closer to resting. You need to hang out with me and friend of the podcast, Jared. Jared is not a comedian. He works with entertainers though. He's oh, been awesome. like, he's, you know, he does, I can't talk too much about it, but he understands how we work and yeah. leisure time is his pro skill. He's like so good at it. I envy people. It's like, wow, you like live your life, but he like cultivated it. He like That's... cultivated this activity of like, no, I, I have leisure time. And yeah, I, enjoy I it. relax. I relax. It's this is my time off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause figuring out how to clock out has been. Yeah. So we don't, I mean, when you're like working for yourself, sometimes it's just all day, all day, every day. And then you get on stage and then, yeah. I'm it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. It's crazy. But what I wanted to say is a, when I first met you, there were, there were a bunch of comics and I'm just like running around trying to get good. I'm just like, well, I'm just Do trying my to spots, get good doing yeah. my little spots. And all of the comics there who are usually like, all right, we're going to go. Like, we're just like this little crew of people. They were all like, hey, have you met, uh, have you met Jessica? Have you met JMS? Have you met, she's here. And they were like, it was like a celebrity sighting. Oh, I just want you to know that. Really? So all those things you described when I met you, what, two years ago? Yeah. You're already there. Oh, to just like feel that, put that in your heart. Thank you. All those people were just like, she's here. That's, I still think that's crazy. That's very nice to hear. Yeah. Wow. It's true. It's it true. still amazes me when anyone has heard of me, like at shows, you know, yeah. like, I follow you or I've been, I'm like, what? Hey, thank you. Me? I get like rarely recognized, but when I do, those people are like, yeah. They're like, oh, I'm so into it. Yeah. That's a, like, what? It's like, I don't have that many people who know me, but the people who know me are like, yes. Yeah. 
You're it's like, great. Oh, this is so cool. And like when I was when I was driving out for my gig this last weekend, shout out if you came out this last weekend to Laughs in Tucson. Yeah. Love you so much. There were so many like amazing people there. I feel like I have like fifty new Tias. Like I'm just uh, like ooh, I love I'm that. Like, oh my people. Like <laughs> mm, Raider Nation Mexicans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's mm, amazing. Uh, so we were having a good time. But uh when I was on my way, I had this memory of somebody actually making amends to me. Oh, wow. And in that amends, they mentioned something that was kind of like petty about like beating me at a thing. And I was like, I, I, I had. As they were making in, the amends. And yes. Like, in the, I, that's literally the face I made. I was like, mm. you didn't have to bring that up in your amends. I was just like, I was just like, okay. Like I just kind of giggled and went, okay and and as i was driving away like i'm driving through the desert you know that like long stretch of nothing nothing. and i'm just like i'm driving through the desert and suddenly that comes to me and i was like god bless his heart and at first i was like what a small person to say that to bring up your little like to bring up you remember when i beat you at something by by all rights i beat you and i was like okay and then i just like took a deep breath and I called my sponsor and she wasn't like available. And so I'm just like driving. I turn on some Lizzo and I was like, I'm going to listen to some positive oh, ass boy. music. Alone in the car. And sometimes alone in like, the car, oh. just like alone with my thoughts. And finally I called my friend Jared and I was like, I got to tell you this thing. And I, <laughs> and I told it to him and he just laughed. And I was like, I know. I was like, I just had to like get it out. It. I had to get it out. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, I totally understand. He was like, that is a small dick move. He yeah. was literally like small dick move. But it just proves how still in that moment, that moment where he felt small, he still feels small. Yeah. Like and he's trying to be a better person, but he still has that. It's, it's still the ego is kicking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, I know what that's like. Yeah. I know what that's like to be like, okay, I'm sorry. I can't tell about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I'm sorry, but like I am great. So anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so great. Yeah. Uh, Cause getting, I mean, a, making amends is like a very, it's vulnerable. Yeah. It's vulnerable. And it's hard. And it's super hard. And I was very bad at it initially. And I'm yeah. in a 12 step program where they make you practice. <sighs> so yeah, it's not like, it's not like a thing that I can expect just like regular old civilians to be good at. Yeah. If no, people like it were, takes a lot of work. If people were good at it, our society would be very different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's so interesting. Cause it is the challenge of asking for forgiveness is just that it's a challenge. It is a challenge. And it, having to, and it's one thing to just go like, Hey, can you forgive me? But then having to go like for this exact thing that I'm going to admit that I've done to you. Cause it's like, you know, my, just going like my bad about that th- the thing, <laughs> you know, as if I like upset you or whatever, but going like, yeah, I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up and it was uncalled for. And I'm so sorry. It's like so hard. It's hard. You're like, it's a boy. I really, really fudged that up and I feel really bad and I hope you can forgive me. And I know that there's, I can't yeah. undo it, but I just want yeah. you to know that I know it was yeah. bad. Yeah. That's a challenge. And a lot of times when people are when stuff like that comes out it's usually they don't even they're not even conscious of it it's just like their ego babbling it's not yeah. even like their intention in the moment so it's really easy to forgive it's like when my ego is showing i'm like oh god i'm so embarrassed like yeah. it's it's really like having salad in your teeth it's just yes. like your personality salad in your teeth oh my god i just literally checked my teeth i know too. i was just like wait okay. no mm. that's that's a 
thing for me too when I realize a reaction is ego based and then I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Then but then I'm also shitting on myself on top like I thought I thought you were done being like this. That's it. <laughs> but that's but that's the thing is it's it, it, that's the powerful part of amends. It's like so the, the complete process is like you you confront the situation, the real reality of the situation. Yeah. The first time I did that was just talking about like in it, up up in you know, years one through 28, if you asked me, I had suffered neglect and abuse at the hand of my parents. I would have said, no. Yeah. Oh. Everybody had a bad childhood, right? That's every, it's no worse than anybody else's. Remember when you didn't know? <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, no. And then and you're, you're like, like, who stole the rug? I was sweeping this under. Exactly. And then you, you got to know. And then you got to forgive yourself. And you got to forgive everybody else in the situation. But then it's that process of like, if there's something that needs to be made right, you make it right. And if people want to make it right, you allow them the opportunity to make it right. Yeah. And that can be hard because sometimes there's people who you don't want to give the time to. I know. And it's it's also having to do the – because you can, you know – But that's where the growth is. Yeah. I mean, you can privately feel bad about something and be like, "Ah, I wish I hadn't done that. But the, like, line between that and, like, like, apologizing and asking, you know, like, making amends to someone to their face is like – what a leap. Yeah. Like, what a, like, I, fu- I fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. He's not easy to do because it's like your ego is inside you like, no, don't. Oh, God. Well, what's one of the weirdest amends you've ever had to give? Um, I dated someone who had dated someone I know, but I'm not close with. Okay. And I didn't, when I first started dating him, I didn't even realize he had dated this person. And then when I found out, I, I reached out to her and was like, hey, just so you know, like, I hope this is okay. I didn't realize you guys had even dated, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, it's no big deal. And I didn't think anything else of it. I was like, doop-a-doo, go yeah. about my happy life. Yeah, check the box, let's go. And then later he broke up with me and a week later was dating her. Ah, oh, and I then this, I know this situation. Mm-hmm, and then on top of the hurt of being like, were you just using me as a bandaid to get back, like to get back to a place where you wanted to be with your ex, all the things that go with a situation like that, et cetera. Yeah. Then like on top of all that, I got broken up with. That's an ego wound. I really cared about this person, mm-hmm. even though I felt it was, drifting away it was like it's hard when the other person pulls the plug change is hard and then you then the cycle of well what the, does this person because when a person leaves you and says they don't want to be with anyone they just need to figure themselves out and a week later is with someone else you're like this is about me i'm a piece of shit what yeah. are you all the things that you think yeah. and the questions that come up but then on top of that the gravity of oh wow this is what i did to her like this feeling of God knows how they broke up. I didn't realize also the distance between their breakup was a lot shorter than I. I thought it was in the oh, deep past. I thought it was deep past too. No, it was less than a month. And I didn't find that out until we had broken up. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Because it was a person who I respect. I don't know them very yeah. well. But like, I don't want to do anything to hurt yeah. anyone, let alone someone who's like in my community. Someone who like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? No. Another woman. You know, I care about people. And then going like my God, like I, this thing I'm feeling, I put someone else through. And so on top of the hurt, I felt so much guilt mm-hmm. about, and we still, we didn't address it for like until they broke up. 
And she actually reached out to me because I didn't know they'd broken up because I just was like such a mess that I was like, I can't even talk about it because it was too heavy. And she reached out to me and was like, hey, listen. Fuck. Like, and we both had this deep, like, I'm so sorry. And like, I don't know what I was thinking. And I'm so sorry I did that to you. And she's like, I'm sorry I did it to you. I don't know why I went back to that. And I was like, I, if I had known, and I, it was a very awkward, and we're like, we get along. We're, her and I are still not like yeah. close, but like, we get along, but going like, I, I should have been more thoughtful. It's just an awkward situation. It is, and you're both being very kind because, like, in my the the part of my brain that's like worked in clinical settings, yeah, is just going, well, that's just too codependent. Apologizing about falling in the trap of a narcissist. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> by like, the way, <laughs> like, oh, those are just two codependents feeling bad about like being codependent. Like, codepend- <laughs> we're we're now being codependent on one another in this, <laughs> like. Exactly. No, because I mean, and I'm like <laughs> such a, and I mean, that's been an ongoing yeah. thing for me to work on in general is yeah. my codependence and, and having to forgive my, myself, um, for like falling back into that trap because before I had started dating that person, I was, had been out of a relationship for maybe like nine months and had worked on all these things where yeah. like, oh, I think I recognize these patterns and it's immediately when I start dating him, it's just back into this. And I still do it. And some of my codependence now is this like, I think, I think some of it's less, less my personal, like, and, and maybe that's my ego trying to save myself mm-hmm. going, it's less of the like, don't go, what can I do? And a lot of my relationship tendencies when I get like that are more, I mean, relationships in general now, I'm like, I don't actually know if I'm s- supposed to or really want to be in a long-term exclusive relationship or if that to me is some sort of flag of normalcy and I have this deep-seated fear because I was gaslit like my whole life mm-hmm. by my mother. Mm-hmm. I have this like very big issue with being perceived as crazy. Like it's a deep like triggering fear. So yes. So yeah. uh, to me a relationship is like my little like flag in the sand of like see I'm normal. Like I'm like getting teary, like thinking about it because I mean, literally I made an online dating profile recently, which I'll delete within days, which is what I do. I get on and I delete it. And I'm like, maybe I want love. No, I don't (laughs) get at it while it's on guys. I mean, literally (laughs) the the most sincere thing I've ever put in a dating profile is absolutely insane. And I said it to my roommate because we're like running. He's a male. He's he's a male. He's heterosexual or platonic. So we're like, what do you think of this? Is this, you know, getting punched up? And I just, I was like, I'm a major Tom looking for my ground control. Ah! but then I was like and he's like yeah that's like sounds like you want someone to like care for you and I was like yeah no but but I also like want someone who's stable and is aware that eventually I'll probably drift off and die (laughs) it's like that eventually I'll go away but you know it's like I think so much of my getting in relationships and then I go I have to try to keep this and instead of I mean and then it goes into the Mm -hmm. the typical codependency of like I whatever makes this person happy is my is now that is my responsibility Mm -hmm. and because they're if they're not thought. happy, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And then I like stop hanging out with friends. And even the, when the, the rational side of me that goes, we should take space. Yeah. I am afraid to say that even if I want the space. Because then I'm like, well, I don't want them to think that like I don't want to be around. Yeah. And like, I don't want them to feel bad because I want my space. Yeah. 
even it's and then it's I'm on the road so much anyways there's organic space built in that was a hard thing for me too with the breakup I talked about previously um with that whole issue yeah. with another person was I had slowed down the road intentionally I was like I'm gonna be around more and like try to like balance and then he broke up with me and I was like he didn't like me he liked the idea of a girlfriend and he actually hates me <laughs> oh no but I mean, there's all the things that come with it. Sounds, yeah, it sounds like a like a very uh, both a compulsive and complicated situation. Yeah, for I, all parties. Yeah, and yeah. I will say that was a breakup that because it triggered so much that had nothing to do with the specific breakup, but the breakup brought up all this mm-hmm. the the like meat of this abandonment stuff and yeah. like the self worth and the like that that voice in the back of my head that you, you know that you think is yours but it's your mother going like no one will ever love you yes and like um you're never gonna find anyone and realizing um shit i just lost my train of thought I'm sorry. having to realize my part in the and you know like things just don't work out because they don't work out but starting yeah. starting to see where it's like oh wow the like amount i lean on someone emotionally when we enter a relationship is too much it's like yeah. going like, oh, I ask too much of without asking. I just go like, I oh, I, like oh, I can lean on you. Well, guess what? I'm falling into you now, and like now <laughs> my legs have stopped working, and you're just gonna have to hold me up forever. I've been both sides of that coin. Yeah, I've been both sides of that coin, and girl, I relate to you so much. <sighs> I can't. I know. I feel like we're just. Oh, uh, for for me, it's my grandma. For me, it's my grandma, and it's the same thing. I was so attached, especially in my twenties. I was so attached to normalcy, yeah, and to the point where like. I became a different person at one point and then I was like still searching for it. And then when I was single for, I was single for like four years and I was like happy. I was like, yes. live, like, like swimming in the middle of my bed, like a little starfish. That's you where know? I'm at now. Just like, and that's such a powerful place to be. Yeah. And then getting into a relationship, which is not something I foresaw at all. Yeah. I was like, I had my little fuck bench. I had my, like, I had my stable of dicks. I had the guys I had dinner with and none of the two and should inter- like yes. intertwine. And I'm open about that. He knows about that. I'm like, I don't care. I'm an adult woman. I lived my life. I lived my life. I have needs. I if was you, happy. If yeah. you like what I'm doing now, that's because I didn't get out of practice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you like, I so, kept the skills. Up. I kept the skills up. If you want to be good at something, you have to put in 10,000 no. hours. <laughs> Uh, boy, happy. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> but the like getting to that point and then getting into a relationship, I will say like this journey that you're on right now, cause what a gift, what a gift that, cause I, I remember that happening and I remember the tweets. I remember the like, which were very funny. Oh yeah. Well that's, I was like, I'm going to process this the same way I process everything very loudly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is some people grieve quietly and I grieve at the top of my lungs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I always have. Yeah. And I can just imagine like, oh, since I've been able to, since I've been out of my home and able to be like, I'm in pain. Well, because it's this, it's, there's a white elephant in the room in a dysfunctional, abusive family. Yeah. There's a white elephant in the room. And when you're being gaslit your whole life, the one thing that is the major violation, but also plays into the pattern of gaslighting is when you point out the elephant. And people are like, there's not an elephant. And there's like, there's a literally an elephant. in A gigantic elephant. Like, what are you talking about? How dare you? The elephant's on fire. Did you know that? The house is on fire. We are dying. (laughs) And everyone's just like, you're, that's crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. And just stop it because people are going to think you're crazy if you say anything about it. My, my, I mean, my grandmother would literally go so far and I'm sure your mom went as far as to say, uh, 
um, my grandma's coming up because she, again, she wants to come back in my life. So I'm like preparing myself, but bless her heart. She, she would literally say, well, all of my friends think that you're a terrible grandmother or granddaughter, or all of my friends think that, you know, you're, you're acting out and you're just being crazy. And I feel like at first I would like fall for this invisible committee. And then one day I looked at her and I was like, I don't care what your friends think. And I don't care about this invisible committee. I love what you're this doing invisible right now. committee. I yeah. love that. Yeah, because it's not real. I know it's not real. No. I know you're not getting on the phone and taking a poll. And if you did do that, first off, your friends would a, be like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Yeah. And secondly, like, like if that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy person move. Don't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's it's it's yeah that constant what's wrong with you and it's like there's not there's nothing wrong with me and then you're out in the world living your life trying to make connections with people trying to make friendships trying to make personal like professional connections trying to have relationships and those people who speak that language will find you yeah because they try it on everybody doesn't work on everybody no it only works on the people who have those little like dents already yeah like the little cracks the the puzzle pieces yeah just trying to jam the little puzzle piece into everyone's little psyches see if they can fit and squeeze in there and then that feeling i'm sure you can relate to this the difference between codependency and like heroin i'm talking too much i am so sorry no no no. i love this this is great when the difference between like codependency and drugs or alcohol is drugs or alcohol are never going to call you and whisper into your ear the language of abandonment yeah, no, because it is like you're ad- addicted to this person. <laughs> Your brain will do that to you. Yeah. But no external source will call you. And yeah. That. Maybe your dealer will call. But like, no, he's like, yeah, <laughs> reaching out. What a good businessman. That's they do that. That's it's like they, it's why heroin works is like they don't have to do that. It's heroin. They have a good. You'll call role. them. Yeah. If you haven't called them, they will reach out. You yeah. know what I mean, like they're they're pretty good at like yeah. marketing themselves. But when it comes to like relationships, it's it's everybody yeah like it's everybody and they will and, and especially when you start to build those boundaries and you start to pull back they will be like hey, yeah no hey, and hey. the pe- and you realize who the people in your life are that are taking advantage of that because the minute you start to like set boundaries mm-hmm. the good people are like good no that's fine like you're allowed to say no yeah they're but just like the, hey, girl, oh I'll but the people in my life who all of a sudden i said no to and i've never said no to and they're like what like just this after all i've done for you're like what <laughs> like they just like brain couldn't handle life i mean i've had to just let a few people go because i was mm-hmm. like oh this is not a healthy friendship this is you were just using me this is not working this is like no this is not good for me I, yeah i had a moment where i wanted to text somebody i was texting back and forth with somebody who had we our relationship has changed yeah and at first they asked me like oh how's it going and i wanted to kind of tell you some of the some of my little gripes but they weren't like big gripes ultimately everything mm-hmm. was going well and then i realized oh no 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 you're not in that part of my circle anymore you don't get the little gripes you don't get the gripes anymore no you don't and it's not because it's not because i don't care about you it's just because the nature of the relationship changed and i don't trust you to not enjoy that information yeah <laughs> no there are people who will like find joy in your misery yeah, i was just like no i mean it's, i mean there's been other things too where i've had to pull back on friends who I care about deeply, but like, oh, I can't share my joy with you. Yes. You can't be happy for me because you're not happy for you. 
Right, because and because that's a big in a thing. scarcity mindset, and they don't know how to perceive other people's accomplishments as other people's accomplishments, and, and not, not their failures. Exactly. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, and I mean, with intimate relationships too. Now, because I know so much about myself, I almost had this like fear of going back to that. And in the most recent relationship I had, it was like this. I sort of went back into the pattern, and then I think I tried to make it an exclusive relationship out of not not wanting it, but having that same anxiety come up <sighs> of abandonment or like do you even like me it's all this self-worth stuff all of a sudden starts like spiraling out of control and they're right. like well if we just get together then i'll know that they like me and then it's like i didn't want that but then i was like do, are we doing this and they're like i can't give you more than i'm giving you and then i would just feel bad and then you wouldn't be getting what you deserve they were very honest about it i think and instead of going okay what i have is nice it's this nice person we do dinners mm-hmm. we have good sex it's good conversations you know it's like yeah it's a casual it's not an official but it's a and i was like well i can't see you anymore <laughs> <laughs> well because that as you're describing it i know exactly that because you keep like motioning towards like your chest that, and your stomach that, you know what i that mean that feeling. feeling and it, here's the thing about that feeling is it's so similar here's that feeling for me is both terrifying and exciting yeah like, like getting on a roller coaster that you yes. know is super duper scary and one thing that i i did for myself is i just bought a six flags yearly pass if i want to feel that feeling i can ride I can a roller ride coaster a fucking roller at any time no because i do think i have a little mm-hmm. bit of addiction to the emotion yes. yeah oh and it's because of past stuff and i'm still yeah. kind of figuring out really what my issues are and what's quote a trigger it's like i'm still unsure of is this my body warning me that this is a bad idea or is this that crazy flag that goes up and is like you got to get out of here. They don't really like you. And there's not, that's not happening. Like, cause yeah. I'll, cause I'll be like, this person, it's just like the self-worth meltdown where I'm like, yeah. they don't really care about me. They don't like me. They don't love me. And it's like, yeah, maybe sometimes that is right. But sometimes I think I almost have a stronger reaction because a person does care. Yes. Yeah. It's, it gets really scary when it's real. The relationship I'm in now, there was a lot of sitting on my hands. That's what we say in the program. You sit on your hands. Yeah. And so there was a lot of sitting on my hands at first. Cause I was like, uh, uh, I'd be sitting there like, Oh, he hasn't talked to me yet today. I think I don't think he likes me anymore. La, 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 la. And then, and that's how my last thing, by the way, because I started like he yes. usually texts me every day. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, you know what? Like, you need to. And then usually an hour later, like I would text a friend instead. She'd be like, text you're me. You're fine. She'd be like, you're fine. This <laughs> is the hardest part. It's also the most exciting part. Enjoy it. Don't run. Yeah. Because I know that like you want to you you're know. happy you're enjoying mm-hmm. this you're just having you're just having anxiety because it, a you have an anxiety disorder and b every the buttons installed in your to perceive the bad stuff is good stuff and the good stuff is bad yes stuff. which is so hard and so you're unfucking that and in order to do that you have to just like neuro bear down you have to bear down you got to like neurobiologically change that for yourself yeah and so luckily you know I had a support system that allowed me to walk through that. That's and, lovely. And then, girl, you can call me anytime. I will just Ugh. be like, it's fine. You got I this, mama. You. you got this. The I'm up- like, I want to actually run this situation by you off air. It's like, <laughs> no, for sure. For <laughs> sure. And then, but then the flip side is once we got into the relationship, it was like, I did take more time. There was a moment where he was like, we'd been together for like eight months. And he was like, do you want to move in? Because my lease was coming up. And I was like, no. And yeah. I renewed my lease. It cost me more money. Yeah. But I wanted my space. Yeah. And like, then, I don't want to fuck this up by jumping in. Oh, yeah, because I will strangle you once yeah. I get in. And then we got in the same space and our relationship reached 
a breaking it's usually a breaking point for me in relationships no that's been i that's why i'm like i definitely never moving in with anyone for at least two years two i I, yeah i gave it minimum i gave it two years and then we moved in and then we reached the moments where the stuff about moving in clashes and we had to and but then at one point i had to tell him i was like babe i need you to get your own support system i have my support system i need you to get your support system you have to have outside and he did that's great. So, so that's like, I think that's, I think that's the future, but I'm telling you that to give you hope. Like Thank it, you. that's the future. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's going to, you're going to find that person who's going to be able to be like, you know, but it did take like you know, over 10 years of work. Yeah. No. And it's, and <laughs> it that's the thing is like, time. I'm just doing the work now and not even thinking about or trying to not think about, you know, it's yeah, easy to go. I'm not even thinking it. about relationships, yeah. but it's like, I'm a human who's breathing. It, it pops up all the time. It's in the yeah. conversation, but yeah, and when what was helpful with the most like the guy I was seeing most recently is he was very good about, and I think I would still keep stuff tucked in and be like, don't don't say anything. You're just being crazy. Um, but there were times like I started being like, look, sometimes I get a little overwhelmed, and it helps me if I just like say something out loud that yeah. I know maybe is like not at all accurate to what's going on. So like, but I I did that once or twice. But it was always within a situation where I was like, we got to, I need to take some, I got to not talk to you for a while. Cause I would just be like, I don't know. I'm having a lot of feelings. And I feel like, are we supposed to get like, is this like me thinking we should be together or just panicking or. Yeah. So if finding a place where he did make me feel better about, he was very, he was very good about being like, that's not crazy. It's okay for you to ask that. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. And I was like, wow, just knowing that, there are people like that that exist yes. mm-hmm. that are men. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is nice. But I still didn't get comfortable enough. Where, like, I think in, yeah. the, in the end, it sort of fell apart because I just was like, I would rather just avoid this feeling. So I'm just gonna, the feeling becomes so overwhelming. that I'm like, well, yeah. if I just get rid of you, then that'll get rid of the feeling, which then brings on a whole slew of other feelings. I'm like, what have I done? But <laughs> <clears throat> I do have that like fear right now of, <clears throat> when I think about the idea of relationships, there's a part of me that's like, oh, but then inevitably you're going to hit that feeling. Yeah. The feeling where you're like, ah, this doesn't feel good anymore. Right. Where it's like my, I, nothing made more sense to me about how I feel with relationships than when I saw Inside Out. Mm. And then you saw, did you see that? The, I haven't. I might have, did I say this on a different podcast recently where something happens in her brain because it's all like different emotions like they put their little thing in and they're like this is a joyous situation so joy puts her emotion in and then all of a sudden she has this trauma I'm fucking sorry I'm spoiling it but it's it's a gajillion year old movie and then all of a sudden everything starts turning to sadness Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I think that's what my body does with love like no go get out of here like this Mm -hmm. is not a good feeling well because love wasn't safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. You're getting it. We digress. What? Qu- did we even get past the first question? We got to two. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Just slip those in there. Yes. With all that in mind, how do you maintain your like your day to day? Like, how do you maintain? Because I know you said you don't feel like you're doing well, but you are. You're doing great. You're killing it's, it. It's how do you maintain your day to day? It's hard to see or really grasp how you're viewed from the outside so I guess a little bit of that's helpful because it keeps you working I think keeps you like growing and as an artist you keep creating because you're like I don't know what people 
I don't know. Um, I think my day-to-day is just a lot of, um, a lot of just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of put one foot in the front of the other, do the motions. I have been struggling lately with my attention span. Um, I've always had attention span issues and I don't think I'm not unique for that, but I got, I, I diagnosed with like adult, like ADHD as an Me adult, too. nobody, cause like yeah. I would still get good grades. So nobody noticed it, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it was just, and I'm not, I don't take anything for it now. And I haven't in years cause I didn't like the way what they had me on made me feel. You can't, you can't give, you can't give somebody with anxiety Adderall. No. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. I mean, I was mean <laughs> and I was like. Mean. And all you do, I remember my, my therapist or they put me on Adderall for a second. I came in, I was like, and then this, and then this, and then this. And he goes, you know. It just makes you focused on your anxiety. That's exactly what the doctor said to me. He was like, it appears to be making you focused on your anxiety. And I was like, that is stupid. <laughs> yeah, you're like I don't need mm-hmm. to fo- that's the last yeah. thing I need so now I just just address the anxiety and then just deal with the fact that sometimes my my consciousness is swimming yeah and just yeah. going this is one of those moments yeah we're just a little float I'm trying to be right better now. about that the last couple of weeks it's been so bad that it's um I'm emotional about it because I've just am right now in a, a period where I'm getting things done but it's more I don't know how much I don't know how much I'm really not getting done versus how much I'm asking too much of myself. If that makes sense. It's like my expectation of mm-hmm. what should, what is mm-hmm. I should be doing like finishing every day versus what I'm finishing. I mean, I think it's somewhere in the gray area of mm-hmm. I could be a little more focused, but I just go, like, I can't get anything done. I lost my podcast equipment in the move. I have no idea what happened to it. Girl, if you need to borrow my setup, you're welcome. Thank you. My roommate has one now, yeah. or he's had one, so I just figured that out, and the audio on my latest podcast might be a little wonky because of it, but yeah, you're fine. Um, it was just, it's just trying to take time. I'm trying to rework meditation back in. I was doing it for a while, and then it sort of mm-hmm. got out of it, and I'm like, okay, if I do that, I know it will help, but I'm on an endless, like, I got to constantly talking about the routine i'm gonna start Me too. i am a starter i am a like ideal woman like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna keep talking about all the things mm-hmm. i'm gonna do and i'm never gonna do any of them you're like my you're my sister from another cps case yes. i swear to god yes <laughs> so it's trying to get to a point where i don't judge that and it's like realizing that, that you know my brain functions in a way like that and trying to I just had a booger literally fall you're out of okay. my nose. I'm disgusted. If you're going to... Can I? I'm going to get a paper. You guys, it here. just fell out. Hold on. I don't even think... Just, yeah. Just, I'm just going to take a paper towel. That was so cute. That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, we just had our first good. actual... We actually had our first uh, moco, moco spill. Um, <laughs> you got, like... Oh, that's fine. I need a... I'm trying to think of the, I think I need to hydrate. Like my <laughs> nose is so water. dry that they're just like flaking out. Um, my God. I just start uh, crumbling into pieces. That's that's so funny. How do, how do I get through the day to day? Parts of my body just start falling just fall. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very well. Yeah. Um, you're, you're the, I'm the same way. It's like I, I push myself too hard and it's probably one of those things where it might be another avenue where you're aware of your ADD, so you're beating up on yourself for it yeah, rather than accepting yourself for it. That's where I'm at. That's Treating it like a superpower rather than a Yeah, it's like a gift. It's like the reason I just learned about overexcitability, mm. which is a whole, um, like there's a whole theory on it in psychology and there's different versions mm-hmm. of it, emotional, intellectual, mm-hmm. and it's like a gift and a curse. It happens a lot with, um, I mean, everything I've read so far is, 
specifically geared toward talking about children, but it it still occur. It's just mm-hmm. a it's a function of a personality, but it often is tied into giftedness. But it's like just becoming overwhelmed by there's people who have it like physically where they just have to work out and like, yeah, that was me. Well, That's yeah. how I managed it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, when I uh, when I get when I'm being super healthy, especially with food, because I'll use I. I'm like consciously using food as a sedative because the amount of energy I have is unbearable when I'm super healthy because I'm like, ah! like yeah. it's just like so much in one little body that I have to work out like three times a day. Yeah. And I'm not, can't think. And it's the same thing. My brain's like, and emotionally yeah, I'm excitable. But um, that's what you just said is sort of where I'm at now is trying to learn to accept and embrace it instead of putting, losing extra time and energy judging it yeah and just going like this is a gift lean into it and even with sometimes like negative emotions it's like going yeah you know sometimes sometimes you're depressed yeah and just going that's part of who you are instead of trying to resist it yeah so that is where I'm at now is I'm right now at the point where instead of actually accepting it, I'm going like you need to accept this <laughs> have you read the book uh driven to distraction no. It's really great. It's for oh, adult ADHD. Write that down. Mm-hmm. And he it. wrote four books and Driven to Distraction, Driven from Discre- or Three, and Spark. Um, okay. And the first one, he's like, you have ADD. It's a thing. You're not going to um, get on meds. You'll be better. And then the second one, he's like, actually, I'm going to walk some of this back. I actually think that there's some lifestyle changes. And one of the things he talks about is like 12-step programs are super positive for people with ADHD, um, routine, exercise. I diet, love that. And then the third book, he's just like, there's a lot of like sleep is super important to us. Yes. Sleep is, I need like eight to nine hours a night. Yeah. Or I'm a mess. Or I'm a mess. I yeah. can't, I can't think. When it's also allowing myself. Yeah. That's the thing too about being kind of a workaholic is going like, it's sleep time. Like, don't yes. set your alarm for earlier than this amount of time. There's no, I don't, there's no one to meet at 6 a.m. Yes. When I come home from a 2 a.m. Like right. the comedy store at 2 a.m. after <laughs> getting off stage. Like, but I got to get up at 6 a.m. And I got to email the East Coast and I, I got to do this. It's like, no, I got to no. seize the day. And Chill it's like, out. no, you yeah. need to rest your brain. <laughs> You'll because, be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Learning. Yeah. I guess adapting for how your brain functions instead of like shaming your brain yes. into being like, you need to be what yes. I was taught was normal. Yes. There's no fucking normal. There is n- no, there's no normal. No. Not a single normal person. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So you just embrace what you've got. What is your concept of a higher power? Cheesecake. Um, yes. No, it's, uh, I don't know. I go back and forth. I go to the Cheesecake Factory, pull out your menus. <laughs> Lord, save me. Ooh, <laughs> gluten-free chocolate velvet cake. Oh my God, yum. Um, I oscillate. Which is the story of my life with everything. I live on the fence about anything. And I have my thoughts on even being like that. Like, I I debate about, like, I should have more convictions. And it's like, well, no, I should be questioning everything. But I go back and forth between this belief that there's something. Like, the universe, it's all part of a plan. And sort of just trust that things are going to go how they're going to go. And it's all going to work itself out. And just being a very nihilist, there's no fucking point. This is all a random ass coincidence. And we're like, I I go like full swing of like nothing means anything. And like trying to, what am I giving it? Like the the idea of giving something up to, you Mm -hmm. know, gotta let it go. 
is sometimes hard for me. Sometimes I just, it's weird. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, there's things you can't control. And then there's times where I'm like, or maybe you're just being fucking lazy and you can control. Yeah. Like it's um an ongoing challenge because I don't have a firm, like the typical higher power type of belief. I sometimes think the concept of let go and acceptance, mm-hmm. I imagine that perhaps it's a little easier for people who have a vision of what they think a higher power is as far as like a God or just this specific, yeah, let it go to the clouds or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a challenge for me. Yeah. Because I don't have a staunch belief or disbelief in a God. And I know with 12 step programs, you don't have to have yeah. quote this like God. It's just what you're, I don't know. I maybe I don't understand higher powers. Yeah. Cuz I just go I don't know. I go like you got to let go of this feeling that you can't control. It's in the past, whatever or like this is a situation you can't change them. Sometimes I'm good at that and then sometimes I'm like why is it well why can't I just be angry about it? Maybe I am angry. What are you a human? Yeah, I know. That's exactly. Human experience. Yeah, it's just all yeah. in and out. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. we're just every aspect of us is yeah. inhaling and exhaling. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I mean, at best, when I'm being my most healthy, I think my breath mm-hmm. <laughs> is what like coming back to like a try, stillness is like my best yeah. idea of a higher power. But it's I I don't know because I know I struggle with when I get that emotional dysregulation, mm-hmm. it's very, I've realized the things that are my vices or the things I go to, which are like food and sex. It's like, I am physically trying to shovel my feelings inside of me. <laughs> like just One like jam another. them down. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, get back in there. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. What about, what is your, I don't know what it is specifically, but I know that I've experienced it. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And then, the most uh, connected and spiritual feeling I've ever had, I was on mushrooms. So then there's a part of me that's like, was it a hallucination? Is my brain just more open to what's going on around me? Because they d- they've done tests with like uh, psilocybin, I don't know how to say it, but yeah. mushroom stuff, <laughs> where like they take MRIs of, pe- MRIs of people's brains and more of your brain is functioning yeah. when you're on. So then it's like this, Maybe I'm actually connecting to a thing that's always there mm-hmm. and my brain just shuts that out to make me functional. Yeah. Because I have, I mean, I could go on forever about my thoughts on that. So I have felt connected to something and I go like, I know there's something yeah. there. But then I also go to like, or maybe you're just acting like a crazy drug addict thinking that because you did mushrooms one time in the desert. There are meditations though, or there are, um, there were MRIs on monks and nuns and they compared it to, I read this in National Geographic like 10 years ago. Amazing. So it's true. They compared it to, oh my God, maybe 15 years ago. They compared it to um, the uh, MRIs of people on mushrooms and whatever. It's they're, they're activating the same parts of their brains. Yeah. So it is possible to do it without drugs. And I totally understand. And I don't, by the way, I don't recommend, I don't, I don't regret any hallucinogens I did no. back in the day, girl. I did. But you do I don't sometimes. know a 13 year old should have been doing that, Ooh, but girl, girl, I did it. <laughs> oh, bless. That's amazing. I was like, I got to start seeing the other side now. Yeah. Well, you do sometimes yeah. with meditation, get this like body feeling mm-hmm. of like, 
connectedness, mm-hmm. like where you can feel like life breathing around you. So it, it makes sense to yeah. me. And that is why I do feel when I go, I need to start meditating again. Yeah. It's like, well, at least I'm aware of like, there's this thing that is a healthy option that I'm at least considering doing, Yeah, you know, cause it is when I am doing it regularly, I notice that I'm much more able oh. to, yeah, I way more grounded. I'm just yeah. able to like take things as they come and, I rev up a lot less when I'm meditating. We should text each other. Hey, have you meditated today? Yeah. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm the same way. Let's do it. It's like, don't forget. Even just a little bit of time. It makes such yeah. a difference. Even if I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't, with my ADD, I don't want to like jump into the experience of meditation right now. If I go yeah. for a walk, sometimes I'll be like, then go for a walk. Yes. And sometimes that's, that's fine. Well, and that's been a good thing for me. I just moved near, right near this like nice big park and it's got like a dirt track that's exactly a mile too. Oh. And I, I was talking it. to my roommate about, cause I was telling him about my food stuff and I was like, I'll get like emotional. And then I'm literally using food to like, yeah. and he's like, and he said a thing that I've been thinking about doing. He's like, okay, well next time that's happening, you know, say, you know, say it out loud. Let's go for a walk together. Let's just like, yeah. let's get out of the house, go for a walk and then see if you still feel that way. Yeah. And just going, try the thing that you're like, I'm too crazy for that right now. Yeah. Like, maybe, but maybe you'll be like, actually that helped a lot. It usually so, is. Yeah, when you're like, go, just go outside. It's just, you don't know what I'm going through. And then you go outside and you're like, all right, well, you were not wrong. And the sunshine is helping <laughs> a little. I'm sorry. What's one thing you want to tell somebody just like you out in the world? Um, you're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, just um, a, th- a thing that I like need to tell myself more honestly is just like trust your instincts and know that. I, I question too much and it's all almost all based in insecurity more than anything else. And like a self-worth I'll ask, it's like I ask permission to exist sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're okay. You're smart. Mm-hmm. Trust who you are and just keep going in the direction that you feel drawn to go. Yeah. And like, it's going to be okay. Yay. Oh Where my can God. people find you? Oh my God, we did it. We um, did it. All over the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, just look up at JMS Comedy. I have a podcast called Ignorance is Hashtag Blessed. Um, where we attempt to go overcome ignorance by asking ignorant questions. Yay. And um, jmscomedy.com slash shows. If you want to see where I'm at near you, I'm going to Colorado this next week or this upcoming week tomorrow. And then I'll be in Reno and San Francisco later this year and a bunch of other places. So. Yay. Check out my calendar. Come see me. Yeah, you very busy lady. I'm trying. I'm in town more, so I'm less on the road. But So pay attention to when I'm going to be in your city. You're killing it. You're killing it in the game. Thank you for having me. This is really lovely. I'm glad you... I'm so glad you could do it. Uh, I'm so glad. I, me too. This was great. We got to hang. Yes. We got to hang. For real. You're please. a delight. I love ah. you. You're great. Oh, love you too. Aww. That's how we end the podcast. But we're going to... Okay, you can find me at Anna B is fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on AnnaValenzuela.com for all of my show dates. Um, I will be on the road. I'll be in Colorado this summer. Um, oh, awesome. With Stuart Thompson. I'll just be around doing stuff. Um, let me see. Uh, check out our other podcast, Brew Jaja, Brew Haha podcast on uh, Unpops that. Network. And you can also uh, check out our show, uh, Unrepresentables featuring friends of the show, Nat Pimel and uh, Tom Goss. We do it once. Uh, we do it once a month at Bueno Vino at 7 p.m. And we basically are challenging the industry to come out and watch. And if you are a, if you are a, a, um, 
a, a fan of this podcast and you want to see these folks like do better because you realize that yes. Hollywood is run by people with head injuries. But you can like circumvent that. Follow the people you like. Follow the people you like. Show up to the shows. Make it so yeah. it's a good audience and like yes. so they can show how like dope and talented they are. So yes. come out to that, please. Um, and Jessica, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. I love you. And if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. We love you. Yay. Thank you.